Hey everyone, Ken Moody here from Dynasty League Football. Just letting you know that this podcast is sponsored by League Tycoon. If you play in a contract Dynasty League, or have ever thought about joining a contract league, but you are worried that it would be too much work, then you will want to check out League Tycoon. League Tycoon has perfected a platform for fantasy football salary cap and contract leagues. Leagues are super easy to set up, and they offer a ton of configuration and management options. League Tycoon's mobile app makes managing your team easy. In fact, their mobile app may be the best fantasy league mobile app in the industry. It's feature-rich, easy to navigate, and doesn't have a lot of distracting features to take away from the pure fantasy football experience. So go to LeagueTycoon.com to get more information and download the app. And if you use the promo code DLF when creating a league, your first year is absolutely free. League Tycoon makes Dynasty Contract Leagues easy and fun, and it will change the way you play fantasy football. That's LeagueTycoon.com. Go check them out. Episode 201, we have turned the corner onto the next century mark. What's going on, guys? I'm John Bauer. I'm at Twitter at the Bauer Club. I'm super excited for tonight's episode. I was singing. I was rocking out before we went live tonight. I'm ready, guys. I'm ready. Dan, what's up, buddy? Great to see you, gents. Excited to be here. It was an awesome weekend just between the NFL draft. I really enjoyed the NFL draft. Got to sneak into a little bit of the draft party, but it was the same weekend as uh, my Purple Stride. We all have our charities that we support. We had our big walk run. Raised $111,000 and counting right now for pancreatic cancer. So that's awesome. special kudos and thanks. Uh, some of our members and our fantasy community on the Discord, Discord donated. Place in my heart. Thank you. And uh, carrying that momentum into tonight's show, boys. Let's talk some football. Nah, seriously, that's awesome, Dan. Congrats on that. Thanks, We're also Dan. joined by Mitch Sorensen. I'm sure he has no even mediocre accomplishments to to tout tonight but what's no no i showed up for the show i think that should count for something (laughs) that's a big win uh well let's get right into it so the last episode we had it was what two weeks ago now right week and a half ago and we did our pre-nfl draft mock uh rookie mock and dan you were so kind enough to take the notes from that episode and share it. And I want to recap and we'll go through this as we go through our picks. We're looking at this as a 12 team super flex two PPR for tight ends. Okay. So, and this is a question that actually came up in the discord today. Once you start getting away from the start one with two PPR up or down, either way, there are going to be adjustments that are going to be made. Um, but for the point of this conversation, uh, a lot of the leagues that were in their tight end premium, a lot of them being two PPR, that's the, the lens we're going to look through tonight. So to recap prior to the NFL draft, and we're into the same order. It went Dan, myself and Mitch. So let's just go through the first round first. Okay. Well, we could skip over mine if you don't. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. So, Dan, you started us with Bijan Robinson. I went Anthony Richardson, Mitch Bryce Young, 104 with CJ Stroud, Jameer Gibbs at 105, JSN at 106, Addison, Charbonnet, Will Levis, Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer, 
Zay Flowers. So that was the 12 that we started off uh, the pre-draft mock with. And it's going to be interesting to see how much we fluctuate. I don't know about you guys, but the amount of time I've spent in the sheets, all right, in the spreadsheets, keeping it PG over here, since Thursday night, it's just been nonstop. So I actually talked about this today uh, with all of our patrons, and I said the first wave of rookie drafts, because we've all taken all have taken part in rookie drafts up to this point already. And the first wave, you kind of have your pre-draft evaluation, your pre-draft rankings, and then you get into it once you get the draft capital landing spots and you either overcompensate one way or the other. You don't adjust enough maybe. And then you kind of start to find that middle ground. So I can't tell you how many times I've tinkered with things and it really shows you when you're in a rookie draft, how you feel about these players. I can go in these spreadsheets and we can put our rankings together and it doesn't mean anything unless you're taking part in these rookie drafts. Right? So I'm getting to a point that I'm looking at two players and I'm like, okay, I'm not even, I'm, I'm going with choice a no doubt about it, but why do I have in the same tier? So you adjust a little bit. Anyway, I just want to give a little background. I've been thinking a lot about different things. You guys are like, shut up, JB. Let's just get into the mock. I know, I know. All right. Anything else before we get started? I think it was good context there, JB. You know, and I think as we go into tonight's mock, I reflect back a little bit, obviously, from our, our pre-draft. I also reflect a little bit back to a year ago. I think when we did this show two weeks ago, I said both you guys were more locked in than a year ago. I think last year pre-draft, JB was drinking some Kool-Aid or something. And then post-draft, you could tell JB was into the spreadsheets last year as he's alluding to that he is hardcore going into this year. And, you know, I look back to last week. It was pretty good other than, you know. Heck, this is the challenge. Is, is that your challenge? Oh, What's the challenge? No, I thought you should wear that red shirt more often. I, I like it. Uh, first of all, I take exception to the fact that you're saying, you know, pre-draft last year, JB and Mitch weren't tuned in. I went in with the expectation that a lot of, it was a lot of the quarterbacks. And we can go through the second round, if you'd like, from last year to remind the listeners. I was spot on, baby. I mean, I, I'm more, I didn't really, I didn't mean like, you know, I was giving credit to being locked in some things, you know, some value slid to me last year, but Always drinking Kool-Aid, JB, I was more alluding to you with that Malik Willis pre-draft last year. Like it was, uh, again, you, you just probably weren't in the spreadsheets yet. That's all. I'm always in there. Don't question <laughs> my time in the sheets. Anyway, let's, let's well, get well, it. Real quick. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Before Dan makes a selection, I have a very important question for him. Have you made a single first round pick yet in all of your dynasty leagues i traded into a first round but i did not have Ooh, a first round but pick. you've made a pick now, all the leagues all the leagues that we're picking in this week are obviously leagues that we're all in together most people in dynasty are you know self-created recruited friend leagues and then i think in what 10 days or so the, the safe leagues kind of start up so we get our next wave of drafts I, i'm just not sure if i have first in them either mitch but uh, no, I had, a, I had a trade in to get 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 a high pick, but don't don't worry. My my studying and my in. spreadsheets are still locked into the value of these these top picks. All right, Mitch, that's a great question. I was thinking that myself. It was important. 
It was important. All right, Dan, start us off. Is there any change here with the 101? You went Bijan pre-draft. Where are you sitting today on May 2nd? Yep, you know, it could be very tempting to 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 switch. You know, the NFL draft had three quarterbacks go in the top four picks, which was was is very enticing. But gentlemen, you know I like my rosters to compete. And as much as I, you know, love Bryce Young, Carolina, they, they might be a little competitive. Stroud, it's gonna be a little bit for the Texans. Anthony Richardson, I, I just don't know about him yet. So B. John is safe. I'm gonna stay on brand from last year where I stood with Brees Hall. I'm going to stay with Bijan here in the post-draft pick 101. I don't know if there's much to say about that. And I love Bijan with Atlanta too. A little you know, bit. Uh, the for, the for one thing context. that I got out of that is Dan's 102 is not Anthony Richardson, which is a little spicy. It sounds like he's going to get uh, – he's going to get one of his – either his two or his three with the 104 tonight. I also am not going to change at all from my pre-draft pick. At the 102, Anthony Richardson going in, I was hoping he was going to get the top five draft capital. Was he going to get top 10? Was he going to slip it all? A la Malik Willis, obviously completely different situations, and I felt much safer about Richardson leading up to the draft. But not only do we get top five draft capital, we get a landing spot with an offensive guru in Shane Steichen. All right. He's going, and I know that that hurts you, Dan, because he's coming from the Eagles, but you also get Anthony Richardson in a spot that he is going to start right away. Mm -hmm. And I talked about this during our quarterback episode when I said, I want to see Anthony Richardson get the opportunity to perform immediately. I I didn't think it was going to help him to sit. Would it help him to sit behind Gardner Minshew for a few games? Throw him out there. You have a very talented running back in Jonathan Taylor. You have uh, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, Jelani Woods. That's your guy, Dan. You saw him in person. You loved him. And now you add in these other rookies, uh, Evan Hall, who was actually my favorite pre-draft receiving back in the late round. Hold on. Uh, Will Mallory at tight end, one of my favorite dart throw tight ends at the end. And Josh Downs, who slipped from a top 40 expectation for me down to the third round. And unfortunately for all of those weapons, and Mitch, we talked about this, they go to a team now with a rookie quarterback that can't throw, but I don't care if Anthony Richardson's going to throw or not. He is going to be explosive. He is going to give you that floor you want when he plays. He's going to give you the extremely high ceiling. And pre-draft, I said, I have all three quarterbacks in the same tier. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson. When these drafts rolled along, and I'm looking at these teams, and I'm looking at these, these rookie drafts, and the 102 was on the clock, I found myself trying to trade up for those picks. Not once have I tried to trade up for 103 or 104. So for me, Anthony Richardson, not only is he my quarterback one, he takes a step above the other two, and he's not even in the same tier as those guys right now. JB, when you make that pick, is that based on, hey, we know the ceiling of an Anthony Richardson. If he busts, he busts. I don't care. It makes sense to take him there. I got the draft capital I needed with Indianapolis taking them at, at four. So I know the buy-in is there. I know the opportunity is going to be there. You're okay with the risk of him not really putting together any real good football in college. 
No, because even from, you know, the the way that we evaluate and we we value these rushing quarterbacks, Justin Fields is the perfect example. Still a top 10 dynasty quarterback on the brink of, is he going to be replaced? Are they going to take a quarterback? Obviously, they traded out, but there was always that thought because of how poorly the Chicago Bears have performed as a team that that was a possibility. And now it's already being talked about with Kyler Murray next year because of the two picks that Arizona has most likely going to be somewhat early. So we'll see how that plays out. But with Anthony Richardson, maybe he doesn't get through the rookie contract. Maybe he fizzles out. But that's going to be four exciting, high-value years from a, a, a production standpoint. And if you've seen enough, if you're looking to get off that ride, there's going to be opportunities to move off of him if you so choose. Yeah, that's fair. As much as I do like busting your chops and throwing the challenge flag, that was more really a question for our listeners because they are going to be faced with this decision in their draft of Bryce Younger, Anthony Richardson, and I wouldn't say negative to either one of those picks. I feel Bryce Young may feel safer, but boy, the potential of Anthony Richardson. And there are enough of those dots we could connect that show positives in his favor, as you mentioned, offensive coordinator, talent around him, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, if he would have slipped in the draft a little bit, even around a 10, 12, I'd be reevaluating things because then there's teams that need a quarterback that passed on him. You know, I will bring up Will Levis later, who obviously slipped to the early second, but Anthony Richardson, just the athletic profile and the, the excitement with the coaching staff. I think this is a team and it's easy to draw the comparison. Look what Shane Steichen did as an OC with Jalen hurts. So it's easy to draw the comparison. Can Anthony Richardson improved and essentially be the AFC equivalent of Jalen Hurts from an improvement perspective. We'll see, but I, I think the production is going to be there and he is my one Oh two. And it does not matter if my quarterback situation is a little fuzzy. It doesn't matter if I have two studs on my team already. He's my one Oh two locked and loaded. That is Mitch. fair. That's fair. Think it's all fair. That's one Oh three. One Oh three. You know, as the Lions fan, I'm going to have to go j- Jiskin. I can't. I want to, right? <laughs> but like, like John said, it doesn't matter. I don't care what. I don't care if I have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback. <clears throat> my 103 in every league is Bryce Young. Bryce Young is still the best passer in this draft. He's the best at reading the defenses in this draft. He's the best at everything besides being tall. Like, everything else he's really good at. He's going to such a great situation. Who already They already have an offensive line built. They have Miles Sanders. They have veteran wide receivers. They're getting um, who else went there? Mingo as well. And so, I mean, what they're doing to help him out, I think it's, and the division is horrible. So that helps out even more because, like, there's going to be a, probably a seven and 10 team make the playoffs out of that division because they're so bad. If not, maybe they're eight, nine, but it's going to be pretty darn close. Um, for me, there is a huge difference between Bryce and Stroud because I, like Dan said, I think Bryce is safe. You know, he is Jared Goff, right? He's just that guy to where I feel in five years, I know exactly where he'll be, and I'm okay with that. And at the 103, I'm happier doing that than taking a gamble on a little higher ceiling with Stroud. Then, you know, I'd rather keep that safe floor with Young. Dan, I think you're on board with that pick over Stroud, obviously. 
Um, Mitch, let me ask you, I have a follow-up here for you. If you're sitting at 103 mm-hmm. and you and I are in a situation where we have several startups trickling, trickling in over the next week, week and a half, we have at least 103 that comes to mind. We actually were in negotiations to move it earlier today. What would you be willing to add to the 103 to get up into the 102? Because I I think you're there with me with Richardson being the quarterback one at this point. Yeah, if I have a late first, I'll do it. A late first, okay. I'm willing. So, like, not to throw out a name to ruin the mock, but let's say I have Zay Flowers. That's kind of like what my tier is in the late first, right? You're telling me it's going to cost me Zay Flowers on top of Bryce Young to go to Anthony Richardson and get that ceiling? That's worth it for me. I mean, it's it's a high price to pay. But the ceiling is just so much higher. It's not like with the two quarterbacks, it's not the same stratosphere on what they could actually do on the field. If both of them start week one, do you know how the odds are going to be in Anthony Richardson's favor so hard for the offensive rookie of the year compared to anything Bryce Young's going to be able to do? Because they like it's just so hard for Bryce Young to put up what Anthony Richardson is going to do. And he could be terrible on the field, but he's still going to have a good chance to do it. Can I ask you, does that answer change if you earn the 103 and traded for the 112 or vice versa? You no, earn I the want Anthony Richardson. There's two guys that I, I mean, I like this draft, right? But if I could walk away from this draft with Bijan, um, Richardson, or Gibbs, I'm extremely happy. Like, I love those guys coming out of this draft. So if I have to give up more equity to get up to them, then I'm more than happy to. Even if you're not necessarily yes. in a position to yep. rebuild it. I think okay. he's that good. And if I'm that bad anyways, I'll, as long as I'm not giving up my 24th first next year so I can grab my other quarterback, I'm good with it. All right. Dan, do you want to take us to the 104? Here, actually, really quick. Wes jumped in here with a question. I know uh, we don't really play in a ton of one quarterback leagues, but Wes says, where does everyone think Richard Richardson goes in one quarterback leagues after the first maybe five to six picks? There seems to be a big cluster of roughly the same talents i would love to answer but i haven't played in a one quarterback league in probably five years now i was gonna ask what a one quarterback league is yeah i get it less if there is no tight end premium this answer is a little bit easier for me because then you're going Bijan, gibbs jsn jordan addison and i think you really could it sounds crazy but you could make a case that Anthony Richardson goes around five. And that's pretty high for one quarterback for a quarterback. Go that it high, is. Right? Okay. It is. But I, you you see a lot of the, the folks in the Discord and they're dropping uh, trade offers they receive and they're dropping different scenarios in the chat. And the high-value quarterbacks, especially the ones with rushing upside, because they give you that tremendous ceiling, it's still a pretty pretty penny to acquire. Obviously, nothing close to super flex values, but 105, if you're not sold on the remaining wide receivers, if you're not sold on the tight ends, especially if it's not tight end premium, I could see a case. I could see a case for that. Um, but again, that's just a, I, it's a great question. And I would love for, you know, other people, if, if you play in more one quarterback leagues, how far does that stray from what you would expect? I would, I would love the the insight there and then the uh, you know other folks thoughts. All right, Dan, 104. All right, 104. We we all stood consistent 1 through 3. We we held our ground. I, I was hoping Mitch would go with his heart maybe and take <laughs> take Gibbs so Young would come to me. 
Um, if this was a draft where I was in with Mitch, I probably would take Gibbs here just because that, you know, I might be able to squeeze a little more out of Mitch later on, JB, knowing that he's a diehard Lions fan. And it is harder for me now post-draft than it was pre-draft because, boy, did Gibbs go early. And then Swift gets traded, and it's like, ooh, this is juicy. But David Montgomery is still there, and I kind of like him. I think Gibbs is going to be great and everything, and then two, there's enough, I think, production to go around in that offense. But being that he's not quite the bell cow, I still love Superflex. I still am going to believe in C.J. Stroud. I want the starting quarterback in a two-quarterback league. And as much as the Texans always make me nervous with their dysfunction, I will stay with C.J. Stroud at pick number four. Is there the possibility that C.J. Stroud goes down the Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson path? A quarterback that goes top five that is inflated. Well, you know, inflated is the wrong word. Has a value extremely high in these formats because, hey, he's a top five quarterback. I got to take him. That's what the book says, right? I think with... With Go him, ahead. it's uh, my worry is the landing spot. It is if Bryce Young went to Houston, I would have the same worry. To be honest, it's they they have they have talent there, but it's all mediocre, right? There isn't one guy on that offense that I'm like, wow, that's really good. He could play with him. I mean, the offensive Dalton line show exactly right. That's like the highlight of their team right now. Well, they have Damian Pierce. It's nothing to get excited about. And it's a rookie head coach who I think is going to be really good, but we don't know. And so for me, I think there's just so many things to worry about that he's easily my quarterback three in this class because of it. I wouldn't argue with you, but in all seriousness, if you're in a two PPR league, throw feelers out for Dalton Schultz. I'm, I think he's going to have a big year. I really do. And it, it, it might be 80 catches 600 yards. It's a lot of catches for Dalton Schultz. <laughs> 70 catches. <laughs> That's a but, lot of but, catches. but the hyperbole there, the exaggeration, I could see the catch to yard ratio not being great, but that's why I'm specifying two PPR. I think Dalton Schultz has a, a fairly favorable price right now to acquire, but there is a time and a place for tight end talk. You see, I can't stop talking about the tight ends every episode. Yeah. I well, if you that. draft one. All right, we'll get there. It's uh, a good preview of Houston in, in that fantasy situation there. And I, I we didn't mention John Meshi. I, I just a little part of me just maybe I'm rooting for him, but I think Meshi is going to be just a little bit better than anticipated and have a nice role in that offense. And you know, they drafted Tank Dell and there's still Nico, and but it's it's a developing offense there. But I, I think they're headed in a better direction. And yeah, CJ Stroud could be everything you described, JB, that that won't be good. But right now, I'm going to bet on the talent. Plus, he's an Ohio State quarterback, so that makes me nervous, too, uh, based on history. But I still feel confident enough to stick with it at 104. All right. Well, and, and pass up whoever I miss here. I'll, I'll figure out. If I if I lost one of these guys, I'll live with that right now. Uh, we're, we're staying chalk here at 105. I'm sticking with Jameer Gibbs. I think 105, in from a perceived value perspective, really jumped up in value from pre-draft to now. You get Jameer Gibbs, who, uh, you know, they, he lands in Detroit with top, what, 12, 13 draft capital. All right, well, now you got DeAndre Swift, you got David Montgomery, and you have Jameer Gibbs. How are they going to be able to work this three-headed monster? Well, DeAndre Swift, he's moved. 
really opens things up for everybody involved. David Montgomery, I think he puts up top 24 numbers this year. Jameer Gibbs, I think he's a little bit higher up. He is an explosive weapon that is going to be utilized. And, you know, I, I the ceiling is extremely high. And barring injury, which we know is more than a possibility for any player, but certainly the running back position, I I think 105. There was that conversation, Gibbs or Jackson Smith and Jigba at 105, 106. They're still tiered together for me, but if I have the choice at 105, I, I got to go with, with Gibbs because I believe he's going to give you that immediate production in an offense that's steadily been improving and it was one of the highest scoring offenses in the league last year. And, you know, you're, you're bringing back Jamison Williams after the suspension. You have Jerry Goff, who they're now discussing with possible contract extensions. You have a coaching staff building a culture. And I just think Jameer Gibbs is going to be an explosive player that is a lot of fun to cheer for in that offense. So 105, give me Gibbs. And also, we, we talk about, you know, the way B. John Robinson is valued. Well, we get another top 12 running back in the NFL draft. And the average age of these running back uh, running backs throughout the league, it's certainly getting higher. So you're seeing more and more separation between a uh, B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, even though Jonathan Taylor, but he's 24 now. So, man, he's getting old. But uh, I, I think there is there's just that growing gap between the different levels of running back. So I, I want that advantage of the position. Yeah. I'll add to that JB. I think if, if my roster was pretty set up pretty good at quarterback, I would have took Gibbs at one Oh four. I could go either way. I think pre-draft you taking Gibbs at five was looks even better now based on where his draft capital went. You're not getting cute here. You're st- you're, you know, you're, you're right where you need to be at one Oh five. And I think when we talk about running backs, you hear a lot of the post analysis throughout the industry. I think there's a difference between your traditional running back and a, and a weapon. You know, he's a guy that he's going to get the PPR. He could do a little bit of everything. And he went to Mitch's lions bonus. Mitch question from Greg in the chat. How yep. much to, how much are you willing to pay to go from 107 to 105? It's going to cost at least an early second, right? Yeah, I think that's for a fair. That's what I would do. I couldn't give like the 112 for it, but if I have the 202 and I'm sitting there, I'll do it because I love Gibbs. Like I love him. Um, a big thing with the football outsiders ranked. So, so like the Eagles had a great run blocking offensive line, right? The lines were right next to him. The mm-hmm. problem was the running backs couldn't do anything with any of that because uh, Jamal Williams, he was great in the red zone, but sucked outside of that. And DeAndre Swift just can't run through a hole to save his life. I mean, that's the biggest issue with him. Um, and so for, for me, I mean, I think the Lions just saw what Gibbs could do in the same situations that they put the other running backs in. They're like, yep, that's what I want. In two PPR for tight ends and super flex, I have a tier break between 205 and 206. Tier breaks before that as well. So what I would be looking to do, obviously you need the pieces to make this work, but if I like 107, 207, and another piece, or maybe a player swap, if you're looking to move up, I, for one, if I'm in the top seven, I'm okay staying put personally, I don't feel the need to add the extra draft capital mainly because 
I, I believe Jordan Addison is going to be a very good fantasy producer. At this point, we're not going to even get to draft Jordan Addison. <laughs> well, listen, people have comments. People have questions. I'm not. John all... needs to talk. All right. I won't say a word. I won't say time to uh, be. You are a liar. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 106. Who's that, Mitch? I mean, it's it's JSN. It's I would love to go something different, but I just think the top six are so locked in. And this is even like I'm being adamant about this because I don't love the landing spot. I know everybody's like, hey, he's going to go. He's going to eat middle of the field. Lockett's been pretty good there for a long time. They still have Lockett. They have Metcalf. I don't really think they're going to let Geno air it out. I don't know why. I just don't really see that in Pete's repertoire being like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to feed all three wide receivers this year. I just don't think it's going to happen. And so for me, this is like taking a step back. He's still my wide receiver one. Don't love the landing spot. Love everything about the player, though. So I'm not willing to move him down like I would have in previous years. But I mean, that 106, if someone wants to offer me something for the 106, I'm like, all right, I'll drop down. And I'll drop down to the 107 for relatively nothing because I'd much rather have the 107 in a two PPR league. And here's the thing, too, looking at Tyler Lockett's contract, he's locked in through 2025, and uh, dead cap hit a $14.1 million in 2024 if they move on after the 23 season. So he's still probably going to be there. I could see Lockett and JSN finishing relatively close together, but as like wide receiver three flex play type options yep. in 2023 with DK Metcalf, obviously being elevated, Noah Fant taking a hit. Uh, I, this is not good for Noah Fant. And I, I like Noah fan a lot, but uh, anyway, I don't want to talk too much. Dan one Oh seven. Let's see who we're taking. Before I get there. I will say Mitch, I, I, I kind of do like the landing spot. And even though Pete Carroll may not air it out necessarily, I think it's one of those offices based on efficiency. They're going to put up very good fantasy stats. I really like the direction that the Seattle Seahawks are going. It's a lot of firepower there. You got two stud running backs. You got Metcalf, you got Lockett, you got, you know, Gino coming off a good year, and I love JSN in the slot, and I think they'll move Lockett and JSN around a lot. I know JSN wants to play on the outside as well and not just be a slot receiver. So I, I think Seattle's going to be pretty fun to watch, and, and hopefully Gino could continue to build on what he did last year. But besides that, it's my pick at 107. I will be the first one to throw the change or the wrinkle. I took Jordan and Addison last draft. Nothing against where Jordan Addison landed. I still like him a ton. But, man, my number one tight end – Went to the dream landing spot. We're talking two points PPR. Mitch, I was worried you were going to snake me at 106 because that is where I would have taken him at 106, even ahead of JSN. I love Dalton Kincaid. I loved him going into the draft, and now he gets Josh Allen. And If you've watched any of Buffalo's games, man, he tries to get Knox involved, and every once in a while Knox gets these little spikes, but then he drops a ball or does something not good because he's just Knox is just the he's, he's an average player. He's decent. Dalton Kilcade and that offense can be special, gentlemen. And I think they'll use them in the slot and use them at tight end in all different ways. So lock and load, that's a steal for me right now at 107. So Dan wasn't around for the pivot point, but John and I had this exact same, should we call it a discussion? A discussion between it certainly was, uh, It certainly wasn't Kincaid. an argument. No, no, never. Not us. No. But I think this is where the draft really starts to get fun. Is like, is this where you're going to take the wide receiver that everyone liked before? Are you going to take the tight end based off the landing spot? So I completely agree, Dan. He's my 107 locked in there. But I 
completely understand if someone wants to take Addison too. And you're going to completely understand me here because I'm taking Jordan Addison. Uh, you know, in, in that offense, the, the the big argument and the big knock and the thing that you keep seeing is, well, Jordan Addison is not going to be a wide receiver one in that offense. Tell that to T. Higgins. Tell that to Devontae Smith. Tell that to Jalen Waddle at this point with Tyreek Hill. I don't care if he is going to be a team's wide receiver one. There is no, it's not an asterisk getting fantasy points because, oh, he's listed as the wide receiver too. They all get the same points, okay? So I don't care if he is is with a legitimate stud. That actually could be very beneficial. We see a lot of wide receivers that really thrive off of that. So as long as Kirk Cousins is there, I know we have TJ Hawkinson scooping up a 20-some percent target share, but I do believe Jordan Addison is going to come in. He's going to be a producer, and I said this on the pivot point, Mitch. I believe he's going to be challenging players like uh, Chris Olave from his rookie year in terms of point-per-game production, right around 12 to 13 points. Drake London was at 10 points per game last year, and he's been rising up people's uh, – values okay so for me jordan addison 108 108 i don't have to take him at 107 108 locked in i'm gonna pass it over to mitch for 109 real quick i'm trying to learn from the wide receiver two thing like i was the worst for it for a long time i we argued about t higgins forever and i'm like no i don't want t higgins he's the wide receiver too so i'm one of the people who used to hate him like the wide receiver twos, because they're never going to be like the dominant wide receiver you're looking for. But Asin's great there. Same reason, I'm going to keep it chalk. You know, our first nine picks are the exact order that I have them in my tiers. And I'm going to go with Quentin Johnston. Is I still think he has the highest ceiling of all the wide receivers in this class. And just knowing that he's paired with Justin Herbert, I don't need to worry about Keenan Allen. He's going to play five games this year. Mike Williams might play seven games this year. That's just how it goes with these guys. I hope they're healthy. I hope they last 17, 17 games. The odds are they're probably not, right? So with Johnston, it's I hope that they slowly, they, they don't give him like the full route tree to begin with. Let him just slowly do what he's good at then add stuff to it. Like do DK Metcalf's first year. Just give him the easy stuff let him get acclimated. And then after that, I really do think that his ceiling is much higher than JSN's like much, much, much higher, but it's, it's to be seen if he can put it all together because he is definitely the one that needs to work on his NFL game the most out of the top three guys. And I think Quentin Johnston, he is going to have that uh, value insulation, if you will, because of what you mentioned, you have Keenan Allen, who's obviously, up there in age you have mike williams he's not getting any younger and they both have had health concerns over over their uh nfl careers so you're always going to have that yeah but with quentin johnson yeah he struggled this year but what if this happened so he's going to have that built-in excuse whereas like i just mentioned with jsn dk metcalf isn't going anywhere tyler lockett you look at that contract and as long as he's still productive why not hang on to him at that price? Um, you know, uh, TJ Hawkinson and uh, Justin Jefferson sitting there at Minnesota. What's Baltimore's offense going like, to look like with Todd Munkin? Speaking about Zay Flowers, the Carolina Panthers, Jonathan Mingo, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, I think Quentin Johnson is the one guy that is 
going to get that excuse if he doesn't perform. Yeah, I think everyone should just temper expectations. I think I said it in the our pre-draft show, and, and he slid to me in 201 in the pre-draft. So I'm, I'm a little surprised with Mitch's aggressiveness, but I like Mitch's theory there. Hey, he goes with Justin Herbert. I think you get the you know the Herberts, the Burrows, the Josh Allens, their ideal landing spots. There's a lot of passing productivity from great quarterbacks in the offense. But I think I, I hope for his sake, you know, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen do stay healthy. They're going to help bring him along, not force him into action and see him struggle in the beginning. Because I think there is going to be that learning curve. But I would hope that second half of the season, he makes a, a jump or takes a step and you, and you see the progress and have a lot of optimism going into next year. And you see his role, role continue to grow. But now that takes me 110. I've got my quarterback run, running back and tight end. Having now taken Kikade, I need a wide receiver. And based on the talent here, I'm going to stay that route. And I'll take Zay Flowers. You know, not maybe, I, you know, some risk there. You know, a little small receiver with Lamar. New offense this year. It seems like they're going to try to do some different things. I go with the bet on talent. I do love Zay Flowers as, as a receiver. Uh, give me, give me Zay even in Baltimore. So two picks in a row, guys. You were letting me go to my earlier tier and scoop somebody up because you so foolishly passed on them. And I don't get it. I, you know, he doesn't have the Dalton Kincaid athletic profile. He doesn't have the first round draft capital. He doesn't have Josh Allen. But Michael Mayer, again, I'm, I'm. I, I think, think he's I have tight end three. He's my tight end two. He's or, or tight end one. Tight end one. We're talking about he's, the Raiders' tight end three, isn't he? Behind Hooper and OJ Howard. Yeah, we'll see if he can fend <laughs> those two monsters off. But you know, we look at collegiate profile. We look at the system with with the Raiders. We look at uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and his usage of tight ends. I, you know. I think Michael Mayer is going to flourish in this offense. And, you know, I have Kincaid and Mayer in the same tier in two PPR. Now, hold on, don't wave your hand at me. <laughs> now, once we, now, once we go down to 1.5 PPR, I'm going to take Kincaid over Mayer because I do think he does offer that higher ceiling. He's going to have the more explosive plays. I'm not doubting that, especially in a Josh Allen-led offense. But in two PPR when I'm okay with those guys that are just going to accumulate, you know, uh, there was a comment in the discord today talking about different comps and Michael Mayer came up and I said, if you look at collegiate production, athletic profile, where they went in the NFL draft, Martellus Bennett actually lines up extremely well with him. And if you give me that production, you know, I, I could live with that. It's a solid pick, but he's no Dalton Kincaid, pal. <laughs> I'm good. Guys, I, I don't know what the stink is. I'm seeing Mayer slip to 203, 204 in, in two PPR drafts. What are we doing here? That's what fair. are we doing? Now, the only thing with the Martellus Bennett comp, I hope it – I'm looking at it. I'm hoping it does not take <laughs> five say, years. I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> five years to produce. But he had a nice little stretch there, but I don't want to wait half a decade to see it. So come on, Mayor. Come on, baby. All right. This couldn't have gone any better. I mean, I'm getting a chain at the 112. I thought John was going to steal him without a doubt. 
but we had a long discussion about him in the Discord today. Is everyone's worried because he's going into what's called like a crowded backfield, whatever you want to call it. Like, if you're worried about Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert stealing touches, that you shouldn't be touching this guy in the first round. You shouldn't be touching him in the second round. Because if a team is going to go out and spend draft capital on a running back and you're worried about those kind of backs holding him back, then you shouldn't be drafting him. But that's the thing is I'm not worried about those guys. Those are the guys that get replaced on every single team they're on. And it's okay. They're good NFL players, but they're not going to bring the same thing that Devin A-Chain is today. Jeff Wilson might have done it five years ago. Raheem Mostert might have done it eight years ago. They're past their prime, and it's Devin A-Chain's going to come in, and he's going to get 12, 13, 14 touches, but he's getting those touches in that offense. And that offense is so explosive, and that coaching staff is so smart that I have absolutely zero worries about him only getting 12, 13 touches a game because I really think that that is going to just keep him right where we want him in dynasty running back values. He's not going to go in. He's not going to be Jameer Gibbs, right? He's not going to be running back five, running back six, running back seven. But he's going to say a constant running back 10, running back 12 in dynasty. And I kind of like it. That's probably a little bit high, just going off the top of my head. But, you know, he's going to be at least in the teens. And there's not a lot of running backs in this class that I feel that confident about. And that's why he's going in that 110 to 201 tier and sometimes even a little bit later. I personally haven't really seen him go much higher. So if you're out on A-Chain, I get it. The size is a concern, a buck 88. As Dan would say, a little, uh, what do you say? Little, He's a little light in the pants, you know what I mean? A little light in the pants, that's Light right. in the behind, yeah. light in the behind. I think that's... Yeah, like, yeah. But it's a t- I saw this in the chat today, and unfortunately, the, the job didn't allow me to t- kind of jump into it. JB, do you have comps on this guy? Like, like where do we yeah. think... Yeah, so like... we have the greatest comp ever for him. Javid Best. That's a good Gibbs comp. And that, that encourages little... you to take him at 112? A healthy Javid best, yes. He, he would, had a very he, nice yeah. he was two awesome. years. He had turf toe issues and concussion issues. And, yeah. Right, so you've got one sample size that lasted two years. Oh, no, there's a lot else? more. That's just my favorite one. John has a whole what bunch. Else we got? What else we got, JB? JB, just make me feel something. So, Dan, are I think... you worried about, like, Mostert keeping him off the field or Jeff Wilson? No, because they're going to get hurt at some point. So, like, I, he I probably think, is too, but <laughs> I think they're going to ride Mostert Wilson as far as they can until the, the wheels fall off. And I think we'll see a little combination of all of them this year. And I think Miami's going to get another running back again next year because I don't think A chain's the answer. Um, I just don't believe in it in his size. Now, hey, so, you, so you're saying was decent. So you're saying A chain's going to be uh, in one of the 80% of the backfields across the NFL that's a committee. But like a three-person get... committee instead of a two-person committee, and I think it's a there's a team that's going to be more pass happy with Tua. I think he'll have some splash games. He's an explosive guy if they get him in space, and that coach is pretty good at scheming him. So like I think he'll he'd help Mitch's fantasy roster along the way here. But I guess where I struggle is I'd rather take there's a couple guys I like more that I think are going to be better for much longer, and not necessarily at the running back position. Um, I just I have other people I like. I don't, I'm not a long-term A-chain believer, and that's where I struggle with this. Even though, again, now, I think it's more of a realistic conversation post-draft than pre-draft, because, okay, look, he's with Wilson and Mostart. That doesn't scare any of us really away. There is an opportunity, so hopefully he is the guy that could overcome the doubters like me. And, again, 
I could easily be wrong, and I, I would hope Mitch is right here as I'm rooting for Mitch's team. I'm just saying I struggle with it. Yeah, well, now I'm, I'm trying to dig through the, the sheets You're good. Here. We could skip over the comps. We're all He's right. deep in the spreadsheets. Well, no, so, so you know, you hear about the, the – Coach McDaniel wanted him, right? Like, he was excited. He pushed for this kid. And I was looking at it from last year. I believe Jeff Wilson was at, like, 0.8 uh, – PPR points per touch. Uh, most it was like 0.85. It might have been flip flopped. If you tell me that a chain is going to get 13 touches a game, and and you're pushing that 0.8, 0.9, you know, if, if you would tell me that the running back I would take at 112, what are we at? 20, what are we at now? 112, 112, 112 201 range. You you would be happy with that. And I understand the long-term durability concerns, but he showed to be durable in college. In the SEC that everybody cares about so much, right? Everyone's like, oh, these guys that play in the SEC, they they know what it's like to play NFL football, except for it's Devin A. Chain, then we don't really care about that so much. You know, I I think there there is a perfectly reasonable uh, concern there. Absolutely. But also, it's not like we're sitting here saying, take him at 101, 102. 103 uh jeff says he saw him go 107 108 i mean he's that that's a little early for me especially in two ppr for tight ends that's the thing it depends on the tight ends for me if the tight ends aren't there if it's like a 1.5 premium i could see him actually going up a little bit higher but here's the thing too let's say you earned that 112 and you like your team just like we talk about with the nfl this could be seen as a luxury pick yeah just like the lions the lions took lots of lottery picks this year yeah, I, the Lions are the only team I've ever heard of having making luxury picks when they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, you know, it's what we do. That's the Lions right there. It's going to work. It's going to be fine. All right, anyway, uh, we talked about, we've talked about A-Chain so much in the Discord. Yep. Um, if you're interested in those conversations, check out the Dynasty Theory Patreon, five bucks a month. Get in there. You'll love it. Dan, 201. All right. It's getting a little bit interesting here. We, we've definitely mixed up our, our draft a little bit here in the later part of the second round. A-Chain's kind of moved up. Um, I want to get ceiling. I want to try to get myself a guy that could be a starter, another guy that got excellent draft capital early second round. We talked about him last show. I told Mitch to have conviction. Um, I even have more conviction now where Carolina took him in with the opportunity there. Give me Jonathan Mingo. I think I'm getting a potential number one wide receiver here. I thought it last show pre-draft i took him at sorry i'm mixing my charts up here where did he slide last draft where did i miss it here go mingo mingo pre-draft no one took him last draft we didn't take him in the first two rounds we didn't know i said him. i was going oh to you were going and you let him he, slide he was brought just, up yep so okay so we, we he could, end the second round is where we were looking pre-draft he said no mitch take him take him I'm taking him here. I'm 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 gonna have the conviction with him. Give me Jonathan Mingo. Great opportunity, great talent. I saw him as a sleeper potential number one receiver. And then Carolina says, you know what? We agree with you, and we are taking him with the eighth pick of the second round. What an opportunity. So what do I got, guys? 202? You got 202? And we're playing tight end premium two PPR, right? That hasn't changed. Don't you dare. I'll fly to Pennsylvania if you do that. I might change my name from John to Laporta John. 
Do you like that? I just <laughs> came up with that. Uh, at least you finally took the correct tight end this time. Sam Laporta uh, at 202. He checked every box for me. I know he's a, a little bit shorter, six foot three, a little bit shorter for a tight end, but he's going to be a producer in that offense. I took Jameer Gibbs. I talked about the way this offense has been building, and I expect that to continue. So Sam Laporta, second round draft capital going to the Detroit Lions, a fantastic spot. Um, Mitch, I would have been more I would have been more impressed if JB, Mr. Tight End Conviction pre-show, took Laporta in that draft. I get but, that. Yeah. That's uh, I would have been a little more impressed. And uh, Mitch, just for the record, too, Dallas was interested in Laporta. They were hoping Ooh. he would slide to him, and then Dallas went in a different direction with tight end. But he was high on Dallas's board. And he's, he's coming from tight end university. Yes. Yeah. What's not to love? This sucks. This sucks. Like, I don't want to, but here at the 203, I'm going to take Charbonnet. Like, I don't want him. I don't have him. I've done probably 20 rookie drafts so far, I think. I might have him on one team, and it's probably because the team was so bad. I was like, well, I could just draft him and have him sit if I need to. But, like, I know he's good. He's a second-round running back. Everything tells us pre-draft, post-draft, if you look at everything outside of Kenneth Walker, he should go a lot higher than he is. But Kenneth Walker is there. And so we've already talked about that Seattle Seahawks offense, about how there are a lot of mouths to feed. And are they going to be the Lions from last year where they're putting up 30, 35 points a game? Maybe. I think it's kind of doubtful. But maybe he can produce. But I just have such a hard time. I think either him or Kenneth Walker will, but it's so hard for me to have any faith that it's going to be Charbonnet at this point in time. But does he not, like, this is an offense that relied on Kenneth Walker, really had no other options at running back, and Charbonnet has shown that he can perform in the passing game. And I'm not saying Kenneth Walker won't have get some receiving work as well. I think the addition of Zach Charbonnet limits the ceiling of Kenneth Walker yes. and Charbonnet. I, I think I'd be very surprised if somebody didn't see it that way, but you now have Zach Charbonnet coming in the second round draft capital. I know Kenneth Walker is only going into year two, but like you said, we have the draft capital. We have the profile from a collegiate perspective. We really have never seen a situation like this where we had a running back get drafted in the second round perform catapult himself up to a top five dynasty back and then have another second round running back come right in the very next year. We haven't seen that. So this is new territory it for is. everybody. Yep. How do you evaluate it? And I think where we're looking at Zach Charbonnet, I have him that 202 to 205 tier him and a chain flip for me in terms of running back three and four. I had Charbonnet at three that switched but Dan, you can make all the faces you want. That's no. fine because I feed off of your hate. I feed. You do. I, That's I, true. That's true. I feed off of it. But <laughs> but now Zach Charbonnet comes in with the profile, with the pedigree, and he offers you the possibly one of the premier backups, if you will, if Kenneth Walker were to miss time. So instantly. You can capitalize if you so choose. If And that's even to say they don't work towards a 50-50 split. So we see a David Montgomery 
And we see a Jamal Williams and a DeAndre Swift perform last year. Seattle very well could be a Detroit light. I'm not saying they're going to have the Hall of Fame caliber offense that we saw from the Lions last year. That's but, uh, you know, I do think we could see similarities there. And, you know, uh, there's just too much upside with Zach Charbonnet, in my opinion, and very little downside because if he doesn't play all that much, well, there's an excuse for him, right? We knew Kenneth Walker was going to be there. It's going to be okay. And again, same thing as Anthony Richardson when I brought up, you're going to be able to cash on Zach Charbonnet at some point in time, whether it's an injury, whether it's a 50-50 split, whether he just starts to outperform Kenneth Walker. But I've talked about this how many times. Go back to your league, uh, your league page from last year. Go look at the caliber of running backs that were moving for a second-round pick. Straight trash. And you're telling me Zach Charbonnet isn't an upgrade. So the caliber of players that get moved in season, Zach Charbonnet, I think he's a very good pick here in this range. For how much you're talking about him, you probably should have picked him over Laporta. I'm just saying. I have have Laporta just above. Just above. It's tight end, John, man. John loves tight ends. Remember last show, Mitch? Laporta, John. He's in. He's got Laporta John. That's going to be a T in the future Dynasty it Theory t shirt there, potentially. We, we there. can make that. We can make so. that. All right. All right. What are we doing here? Is this 204? 204, oh, man. Yep. I am on the clock. I appreciated John's Charbonnet pick. And, you know, I think it wasn't even my show. I know it wasn't his, but yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. It was Mitch's. He stole it off. You're good. No worries. No worries. Holy cow. Yeah, but Mitch, I like your pick. Just like Mingo last show, have conviction in a man. We all loved him pre-draft. I didn't draft landing spot, like 52nd overall in the draft. Seattle's invested in him. It's a two-running back league. I think there'll be enough production there to make him relevant. And the guys get hurt too, man. Kenneth Walker get banged up, and you get some really good weeks out of Charbonnet. I just really like that Seattle offense. But my pick here at 204, I'm going to get a little risque here. I'm, I'm going to be a little different. Another guy that we did not draft last episode. Um, I'm, I've been really falling in love with the film after seeing where his draft capital was. You're going Rasheed Rice, aren't you? Opportunity's really good. I am not going Rasheed Rice. You would oh, think God. I would, but I am going Jaden Reed, man. Green really? Bay Packers. Guys, did you see his film? So he gets picked 50th overall in the draft. He's going to fit beautifully in the slot. Romeo d- dubs who I don't even know who this guy is catching big time balls and big time games against big time corners. He's catching back shoulder balls. He's doing this all kinds of route trees. Everything I've read about him since he went there just tells me this guy is got sneaky fantasy value. He was the other guy I traded up to. And in, in, I think in our discord league today, I love Jaden Reed. And, and I love him just from the perspective of like this point in the draft, all these guys are kind of the same. Um, I think he's a guy you could get invaluable in your dynasty leagues. It doesn't necessarily have to be this rich at two Oh four. He might slide a few picks later. Um, give me Jaden Reed all day. I think he's going to be a good, good NFL wide receiver. I, w- I wish I knew more about him pre-draft than I did. You know, love this landing spot. Mitch, any thoughts here? Oh, or should we just keep it rolling? He's going mostly in the fourth round is what I've seen. I guess the fourth. mid mid to late third in a lot of my leagues. Just 
I'm not saying it's a bad pick. I'm just saying that's usually where I've been seeing him going lately. You can get him a, a little bit later. They're bargains. I, I've I've been seeing some mid second rounds. You guys are in, in some extra leagues than I am, so that's understandable. So hey, if he is going that late, grab him. Everyone Even in the chat better. that listens to this, grab him. Yep. All right. So at 205, and really quick, I see Jeff's comment. If Charbonnet went to Cincinnati or Dallas, he would be the 107. And some say landing spot doesn't matter. Again, it's it an does. unprecedented situation, though. Landing spot matters. It's an unprecedented situation. So we can sit here and say, yeah, there are exceptions, certainly. And when you're a back that goes to another team with a top five dynasty running back, what the hell do you think is going to happen? That's not rhetorical. Oh, I, sorry. I thought that sounded pretty rhetorical to me. What do we think is going to happen? Exactly what we talked about five minutes Jeff ago. always knows how to get me fired up. <laughs> this is... This is what our patrons do. They know how to get... Hold on, let me look at my watch here. Usually blame us, and now it's the patrons' fault. It's, That's pretty good. It's never my fault, I can tell you that. Hold on, let's see my heart rate. What did it just go up to? Because I have a feeling it did. Oh, no, it's okay. It's still decent for me, which is shocking. Um, okay, I love you, Jeff. At 2.05, I might be lighting this pick on fire. I have been all over the map on this guy, and I'm going to go even though he slipped to the second round of the NFL draft, and I hate it. Give me Will Levis. I think there is upside there at 205. There is upside. Again, I very well could be legging this pick on fire. I don't like Will Levis as a prospect. He was my quarterback five if Hendon Hooker would have been drafted towards the end of the first. Even with Levis, if he would have gone in the first, I, I preferred Hooker, but slipping to the third round in the NFL draft for Hendon Hooker, you have to adjust. All right, and I'm, I've still seen him go quite early in several leagues, so a lot of people didn't adjust. But Will Levis, typically he's going earlier than this, so it's pushing other players down. But if you take him at 205, again, we see the type of running backs that were getting second-round draft capital. It's the same thing with quarterbacks. You're going to be able to cash out on him. You are. Yes, you are. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It just seems anti-Levis. I, I like to pick it. And, and knowing how you guys are, it's, it's you know, had a little shock two, value with Jaden Reed, I should have slid maybe to my next pick with Reed and taken Levis. Because I do believe the Titans are going to do everything they can to get off Tannehill. I think they tried so hard with Malik Willis last year. We saw them give him, you know, I know there was an injury and whatnot, but I really think they wanted Malik Willis to succeed and he just couldn't do it. I, I could see Tannehill getting hurt or fizzling out and it being Will Levis time. But again, go down the board, though. There's nobody that I'm looking at and saying, this is a surefire player at this point. So just give me the upside. And when he gets that start, JB moves him and gets a future first for him. You're not getting a future first for him. I just don't believe it. He's going into a a talentless situation. You don't take Derrick Henry off that team next year. He's not going to be on the team next year. That team is talentless. They have Traylon Burks. I mean, and that's like the highlight of that team. Their offensive line is terrible. Like, that is not a situation someone's going to be like, you know what, I want to buy into it. There's a lot of quarterbacks. I would say there's probably six to seven starting quarterbacks in the league right now that you won't be able to get a late first for. Remember, they got Peter Skaronsky in the first round. They're making <laughs> steps in that O-line. Sure he will did. help Derrick Henry this year. Yeah. Yeah, there's some help coming. They do need more weapons. Nope. You're saying you're not going to be able to get a future first. Nope. 
how many leagues have we already seen him go in the first of this year's draft? We saw that with Malik Willis last year, John. You've been talking about that for the last six months. And, and it was asinine. I agree. And that's why I'm going with him at 205. But that's why I'm saying you won't be getting a first form later either. Then, then, well, I, we, then, we, I, then I burn two. Then I burn two o five, and I can okay. still I can I sleep well at okay. night with my with my with my uh, CPAP on. Okay, uh, I'm I'm with JB here. I mean, I'm getting a little worked up too, Mitch. You got to admit, oh, no. week oh, no. eight, week eight, when Tannehill, whatever happens, because yeah. of all the lack of weapons or an injury, mm-hmm. Will Levis gets the start. You tell me, there's not going to be a quarterback needy team that won't give a first to JB, no. who who at that point in time. All the, the quarterback hype will come. Will Levis be looking is ready at that offense, go. being like, "Tannehill is not going to be winning me any games." All right, let's move yeah. on here. I think I woke my both children up. Oh no! <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm going to be oh, getting hollered. It's my at. turn. I haven't paid to care. Where, where are clock. we? Two o six. You know what? You know, I don't think I've been yelled at enough for picks that I've made, so I'm going to make a pick. Just so you guys will disagree with me, but it's. It is tight end premium, and this is where I have been taking him. You guys have just taken other guys instead, so it looks like this is a little bit higher than normal for me. But I am willing to take Luke Shoemaker here. I I know he's an older prospect, but I love what Dallas does with the tight ends. I really don't think that's going to change just because Kellen Moore's out. I think how they're being used is the same because I think it's just as much on the quarterback as it is the offensive coordinator where that ball is going to go. So I think he's going to be start the starter from week one. He was very good at Michigan. And like, all I want is for him to be Dalton Schultz. That's like, that's the ceiling. That's all that I want. And if he does that, and I'm getting that in the mid second, I, I was more than willing to give a late first for Dalton Schultz two years ago. I was more than happy to do that. So if I could get a, a lesser age. I don't even know if he's that much younger than Dalton Schultz, to be honest with you, because he's so old coming to the league. So I always be like a much younger, but that might not be true. But yeah, give me Luke Shoemaker here, and I'm really happy with it. All right, Dan, 207. I see Shoemaker going in the third round, Mitch. I know I you know. did take him, Look, take people him make here in, in one of your I leagues. I can't help everybody, Dan. Uh, I, I, I like him in the third round. It's hashtag too rich for me in the second round, because I do think uh, – Ferguson and Hendershot are going to have a role. And I, I think it gets watered down a, a little shot. bit in, in Dallas. I think Shoemaker blocks really well, has receiving upside, but I see as a three-headed monster there in Dallas. We will see. 207. We're using, the, we're using the phrase three-headed monster loosely tonight, apparently. Yes. Monster. Oh. This is getting stressful now because I've only got two more picks. And there are... Guys at multiple positions. This is I the like. nice thing is there's like a lot of guys I want to pick in this range. I'm going to see what slides to me in my next one. I'm going to just, I got Bijan, so I don't need any more running backs. I'm going to keep the receiver train going <laughs> and I'm still not going to take Rashid. Dan, Dan's treating this like a three team mock. <laughs> this is like a team you're building, but you have a lot of draft picks for it. <laughs> got to keep building. I know it's a, I'm, I'm spoiled here. More drafts than I'll ever see. Draft picks than I'll ever see in my lifetime. I'll go with Marvin Mims. I'm going to coach Peyton loves him. I, I think Sutton or Judy's going to, something's going to go wrong or someone's going to leave at some point. I liked him going in, liked his spot. Uh, give me Marvin Mims, Mims with the Denver Broncos at 207. 208, another guy that's in the tier before this. I mean, you're giving me a third round draft capital running back in Kendra Miller, 
who actually outperformed uh, his draft capital expectation. I actually thought he was going to slip to the fourth, but he goes to New Orleans. We don't know the Alvin Kamara situation from a legal perspective. How much longer does he have? Yes, Jamal Williams is there, but Kendra Miller, he's a back that while he doesn't really provide all that much in the passing game, again, we see what running backs get moved for in season. I want Kendra Miller here with the potential to pop. So at 208, give me Mr. Miller. That was my other pick. I was hoping he'd slide. I'm not I'm mad at you now. All right. All right. Well, let's keep the running backs going. I'm gonna go with Roshan Johnson here. Um he's just he's one of the few backs that is actually gonna walk into a role to where he could end up being the starter by week two or week three. Um I know Khalil Herbert's pretty good. He's really fast, looked good last year. But Roshan is the kind of back to where you could see him slowly taking over. And by the time fantasy playoffs come around, maybe he is the full-time starter. And if that's the case, even in a Justin Fields-led offense, it's, you know, this late in the second round, I think that's a gamble worth taking because I do think that he's a guy like we brought up with pretty much everyone before this. If he hits, you're at least getting your draft capital back for next year. Worst case scenario. You know, if he's doing what's supposed to Herbert gets a little nicked up. He only starts for a couple of games. You're going to get a mid second for him. So you might as well take him at this point. All right, Dan. All right. I was hoping, as I said, Miller would go to me. Roshan's in that mix of guys. I well, like really, really quick. Yeah. Khalil Herbert only ran a four, five, five. But he like looked fast last year, right? Or am I just not remembering right? Like that just, I, that, that just stood out to me that when you said he yeah. was really fast. Uh, yes, maybe he wasn't. In my head, like he looked quick last year. He's not. He's quicker than he is fast. He did. He hits the hole good. He's a good running back. I he, think I would have beat him if he was in that forty yard dash and pretty close. Us. You would have. We know running backs don't need to run four fours. You could run four five five and be a very good back. So I think Mitch is seeing that explosiveness that's, through the that's hole. Not what I said. Dude. That burst. <laughs> you making him sound so you. you Mitch had a vision, JB. He had a vision. I'm just saying you're dogging him. I have don't, lots don't, of visions. <laughs> don't, anyway, don't dog Mitch's vision. Come on. All right, Mitch. I'm sorry. For, I'm sorry for. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. I used so to have 2020. So don't dog my vision. That's got to be another shirt. And then Laporta John's got to be another. I love Laporta John. All right. What do we got here at 210? Yep. There's some run at the receivers I see, but I do want to get a running back. You guys are sniping them now. I have two running backs I still like. I am going to go with Tajay Spears. Hey, we're talking about Henry leaving. If Henry gets hurt, they still love pounding the ball. I think, you know, coach always has that team good, even when we doubt him. So give me Tajay and the, the, the running back potential this late in the second round. I just, the, the knee is concerning. Mm-hmm. But again, at this point in the draft, even if he gives you two years of production post Henry, that's a win. And the fact that the Titans still were willing to take him in the third round, that that was crazy to me because once those reports came out pre-draft, I was thinking he's going to slip to day three. Yeah. So I was very surprised to see his name get called there. He had uh, to pass their medicals though. So hopefully, hopefully they did their do, do research on that. Don't dog my vision. Anyway, <laughs> I am gonna go oh man i have an idea where i think you're gonna go we'll see if i'm right like there's this is the first one i'm torn with because we're we're in the tier we're in my tier still we're we're in the sheets we're in the sheets i don't have a player that i would have taken earlier given the chance 
But you know what? Very similar to Zach Charbonnet with Kenneth Walker there. How are they going to utilize both backs? And we saw in Jacksonville, they want to give other running backs an opportunity as well. He gives you, again, high-end handcuff upside. Give me the tank. Tank Bigsby. The tank. Not Tank Dell. Tank Bigsby. (laughs) At 210. Uh, As you can see, I'm loading up on running backs here. There were two other guys, and I'll call it out after the the mock is over if you guys don't pick them that I had my eyes on, but I'll go tank Bigsby um, all around, just all around good running back, not necessarily explosive, not the most physically gifted guy, not the most athletic, but he and Travis Etienne can provide a nice one, two punch. And same thing we talked about with Kenneth Walker, where we don't know these, these running back situations, they change. They're so fluid. Injuries happen. Tank Bigsby at two ten for me is a no brainer. Yeah, that one's, Interesting to me because 211, 211, 211. You're good. Yeah. Because the Jaguars have kind of told us this offseason they want, they don't want to give ETN as much work as they gave them last season. So you wonder if that's going to end up being in, you know, ETN's value a little bit moving forward. But I will go, you know, since John drafted Levis. Do you want Darnell Washington? I know you do. I know it's, it's Hennon Hooker for me. <laughs> and so the reason why it's Hennon Hooker for me is. If anything happens to Goff, uh, like there's certain backup quarterback situations to where you just think the guy is going to be adequate, right? That's just kind of what you're looking for. And those guys usually cost late seconds, early thirds, if you're just looking for that little tiny spot start. So if I could get a guy who might have a shot at being a starting quarterback, I don't think he is. I think he's going to be a backup for the foreseeable future in Detroit, but just getting a guy to where if anything happens to Goff, he could step in and start. But if not, maybe he does show something, you know, with the coaches and he does get that starting spot here in two years when Goff's contract's over. You know, maybe that happens. I don't think it is. But the 212, you might as well take a shot at that point. All right, guys. Who do we miss here? Hyatt, Downs, Tillman. Rasheed Rice. She race. Not on my watch. See, I he <laughs> I actually so for Rice, I thought he was gonna go in the third round. He goes in the second to a very nice landing spot. So not only was he elevated, forget about landing spot, but because he goes from round three to round two, uh, not top 40 draft capital, where there is a clear difference in separation and hit rates between top 40 and everything else there in the second. But now he's tied to Kansas City. He has that. He's going to have that market excitement, if you will. And if he does pop, there's an opportunity to move off of him if you'd like. But uh, he came in as my wide receiver 15 pre-draft, wide receiver 10 post-draft, despite the, the great landing spot. Luke Musgrave, could you make a case oh, yeah. for him at no, the end of the I, second? I actually PPR? thought that's who you were going to pick, to be honest, instead of when you went with... Uh, uh, I do remember who your last pick was. Bigsby? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. The only reason for me Musgrave isn't higher, it's because they also added Tucker Craft yeah, right afterwards. And yeah. I really like Tucker Craft. Yeah. And adding both of those guys, adding Reed, like Dan mentioned, mm-hmm. we have Dobbs, we have Watson, we have Jordan Love, who he's going to be back in 2024 with that slight change. The fifth year option was altered, but 
that's that's my issue there. Uh, fallers for me, two guys because I had them. I locked and loaded. They're going top forty in the NFL draft. Jalen Hyatt and Josh Downs. Yep. They slipped. They slipped. They slipped. Third round draft capital certainly for wide receivers by no means is it a death sentence, but I would rather take the shot at a lot of those running backs and tight ends and two PPR because we see the inflated price that people are willing to pay for them as opposed to Josh Downs who steps into Indianapolis. And I talked about that with Richardson and Jalen Hyatt. I, there's a ceiling. We took him in the third recently. Yep. Uh, it was like 213 or 214, so third equivalent. But I could not justify. I had Hyatt at 206 pre-draft. He's now 302 for me. I had Downs 201. But again, I, I can't justify taking him over so many of these guys. Nope. Agreed. A lot of running backs fell too. You know, a lot of guys was hoping to go third, fourth round. They're at fifth, sixth, seventh. Sean Tucker didn't even get drafted. That's <laughs> such a crummy situation with the the health there, and hopefully everything goes well for him. So I don't want to make it sound like, oh, man, my fantasy teams. But just the medicals, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, anything else, guys? Any any late-round guys you, you have an eye on? Uh, in the tiers, I went down to 602. In, in I my, that. I'm uh, like, good lord. So I went down to 602, and then I have 16 guys listed after that as potential free agent ads if you're interested. Um, but again, it's in the Dynasty Theory Patreon. A lot of additional content. We do the weekly episode of the Pivot Point. Uh, we have a great partnership with Dynasty Daddy.com. A lot of portfolio analytics goes into that. A lot of time spent on that. That's a free website. Go check it out. They do a lot of great stuff. But uh, if nothing else on the draft. Final thoughts. Dan, final thoughts. Episode 201. Mr. Cranky Pants over there. Don't. <laughs> what was it? Don't step Don't ruin on your, my vision. Don't. It's fair. Just have my boy Mitch's back tonight. That's all I had. His I back. was just saying, because listen, listen, listen. I always like to get ahead of things because you know our patrons, especially and our listeners in general, they like to let us know. They like to call us out. I like to get out ahead of it. Hide in plain sight. That's what I do. So he said the guy was very fast. I just wanted to clarify. Mitch, I love you. I love you, buddy. I love you. Final thoughts. He's still going, Mitch. I, I think I, I think there was an over-under on John's word word count tonight. Crushed the over, he just ladies broke and gentlemen. It. He just broke, broke it. Broke a new world record. New Dynasty Theory record here. Episode 201, ladies and gentlemen. JB, new world, new, new Dynasty Theory record for word count. My only final thoughts is I'm looking forward to the NFL schedule show that'll be coming up in a week or two. Uh, you know, that's, that's next. Gotta get I see Mitch, you know, did a couple of best balls and underdog already. Mm-hmm. So, you know, ready to start drafting. I'm, got? I'm actually going to do a best ball after we sign off. I want to get started on a couple of them before the schedule comes out. But um, the only thing I'm going to say is just help people out and tag them when they're OTC. For someone like me that's in too many leagues, it's so huge. If like if I'm just not noticing that I'm on the clock when someone's like, hey, you're OTC, just so you know. I'm like, oh, thank you. So we don't have to waste everyone's time. I just think it's, you know, the nice thing to do. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I don't want to go any further on my word count. So for Mitch Sorensen, Dan Lamagna, I'm John Bauer. We hope everybody enjoyed this week's episode. We'll catch all of you next week. And if you're in the Discord, we'll be 
catching up with you in about two minutes here. So hopefully everybody has a fantastic week ahead.